Cheers, friends. This is Owning Her Seat, a podcast representing women who break through glass ceilings in entrepreneurship, culinary, and hospitality. Here with me today is Chef Jordan Chaton, celebrity food healer, to talk about her journey as a food healer and how she's used her own wellness evolution to support the Black community's culinary journey and mental health education. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. You're- <laughs> Literally, me and Jordan, we just always laugh. She has so much knowledge and so much experience, and I love her because she's very no-nonsense. She knows her worth, and she adds tax, okay? So we're just going to jump right in. You have cooked for some of America's amazing celebrities, from P. Diddy to Floyd Mayweather. How did you even get into cooking for celebrity clientele? Well, I got into celebrity clientele with a famous author and publicist named Terry Williams. And so she's a famous author and publicist. And I met her through like a counselor, basically. I was going through a little bit of depression when I moved to uh, New York. I moved to New York with a dream. And I didn't know anybody. And I could only make $7.49 an hour. And I was in distress. And so I came from Seattle, Washington, and I was like, I think I'm going to go back to Seattle because, you know, I can't, you know, I was making way more money out there, and you know, and so. Wait, you're making se- that in New York? New York. Seven dollars? Seven dollars, yeah. Life well, was different. Well, no, the restaurant industry in general, I mean, even till this day in 2021, out here, especially in Atlanta, you're making like that. But it's just like New York is so expensive. It is expensive. I mean, Atlanta is not that cheap anymore either. That's true. You know, but the restaurant industry, there's just a lot of things that need to be changed. It's very archaic, but it's like slave wages, essentially, for the cooks. Because if you're not a chef, it's different. You know, you start at a different rank. So I was still a cook on the line. That's what we call it in in the restaurant. It's called cooking on the line. And so I went to Terry, like, I'm going to move back to Seattle. And so she told me to come over to her house. And she had a list of... Sylvia at Sylvia's, Lisa Cash at the Shark Bar, and this woman named Boshta Wilson, who was supposed to be the connect for Justin's, which was Puff's restaurant in New York, right? Yeah. And so by the time I got to the house, she was on the phone with her. And so she's like, oh, well, Justin's closed silently, but Puff just fired his chef today. And so... They said for me to send my information over. And essentially before that, I definitely never had private chef experience for high profile clientele. Like when I was in high school, I cooked for different families and stuff because I got kicked out real young. (laughs) My story is a lifetime movie. I'm trying to keep it within the 20 minutes that we got here. And so trying to to hit the points of how I got a seat at the table. And it's because, you know, I didn't let the circumstances of my life throw me off track. I pretty much used, you know, everything I've been through as fuel. So we put in my resume and they pretty much reworked it a little bit (laughs) because they liked me. And they is Vashta Wilson and Dia Sims. And Dia Sims ended up heading up Blue Flame, which was Ciroc. And now she's the head of everything Sean John, Sean Combs Enterprises. And she just stepped into the wheat industry. Love that. And she headed off the campaign for uh, LeBron James' tequila. So Dia Sims is like major. Amazing. Right? Yes. And so when I sat down with Dia, she was the chief of staff at this point. And so she's like, you know, how much do you want? You're on call 24-7. Right. Right? That's it. And I'm like, I don't know. So I'm like, 
45,000. 45,000. You <laughs> So she was like she stood up. She walked to her door, she closed it, she sat down and she said, let me tell you something. And she was like, especially as a businesswoman, but a black businesswoman, you need to know how much you're supposed to be making minimum and you need to know how much you're supposed to be making maximum. And then you need to know how much you're worth and add tax to it. And I'll never forget the conversation because mind you, I've never been in these rooms before. This is a brand new. Essentially, I'm off the street. I don't know. Like, I've been dreaming about this, but I didn't really, you know, when I was in culinary in Seattle, I'm like telling everybody, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to become a celebrity chef. But I didn't have a plan in between. I just had the dream, you know? So then I'm there, and I don't know the room that I'm in. You know what I'm saying? And so so then I'm like, so it was too low. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to give you 72 hours and then I need you to come back to me with the number. And so... So what was that 72 hours like when you're thinking about like, okay, she didn't say too high. She didn't say too low. She's like, just think about it. Oh, like, she definitely let me know by her response that it was too low. Okay. Clearly. You know what I'm saying? You're and cheap. You're cheap. This is too cheap. This is not... This doesn't make We're sense. scared of this yeah. price, actually, because it's so low. This is crazy, actually. I called male chefs that I knew and I asked them, like... What should the salary be? And they're like two hundred and fifty thousand, one hundred and eighty thousand, and I'm like, oh, hold on, because I've never even grasped that type of salary. I was like twenty four, twenty five. It just had never crossed my mind to even ask for that. So amount. the number scared you the number more than the work me. did. Like it's like this. Just- I didn't even get that far to think about how much work it took. I couldn't even believe that I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it I'm just happy to be here. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. So, uh, you know what? So then I came back and I was still low. I'm not gonna say what it, what it is. I was still was low. I was still low because I will. I guess now you call it. Um, what do you call that when you think that you're not good enough? Come on, psychology. I don't. <laughs> it's like an. It's kind of like an identity crisis where you. I forget what the word is. Okay. There's a word for it. But me thinking that. I was like an impo- imposter syndrome. That's what it was. So it's like I, when I, I I know I can do this, but when I get there, I feel, I feel inadequate, like, and I'm not I'm not I'm, supposed to be here. I'm not supposed. To How be am here. I going to execute this? I'm not I worthy. Can't do the job. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not about to be charging no uh, crazy price. Cause then what if I get out there and I can't do what I'm supposed to do? So I'm gonna stick to the middle price. So that way, you know, I know I'm gonna get the I'm job. Up, you know, exactly. I can still get a little leeway. You know what I'm saying? But no, I should have been at the top because I was still in that room right so i ended up learning this lesson a little bit later is the fact that i was at the table already and so there's tax for just being at the table nobody just gets to the table so right so you got and then it was like and then i learned you have to have a lawyer involved right and looking at the contract negotiations are you need a lawyer you don't go into any contract negotiations on the other side without having legal representation when you go into these situations and you are negotiating contracts and you don't have legal representation you're already setting the tone on the other side they already know they can get you for whatever because now you don't know what to ask for you don't know how much it's supposed to be you don't know to say well I'm only doing this amount for this amount of people. I'm only, and if I go out of town, I'm gonna get this amount more. If I do an event, that's that's now an event fee. All of these things. If you don't know to say that in the chef world, no one is gonna tell you. They're not really, especially, you know, with the black side, where we're not really trying to educate and lift everybody up and bring everybody with us. So I've always been an advocate. About, this is true. If you guys follow her on the Instagram, yes. she does advocate. She's I do. like, she does. She shouts out, I will say, 
she definitely empowers especially women yes especially women and i feel like well because there's a wage gap and to be and we have to be very honest about that and it's across the board it's not just in the chef community it's in all communities and so that's why i said when i figured out like what the price ranges were i went and talked to men i didn't go talk to other women i want to know what the men are making and then beyond that i want to know what the white people were making as well so then i did research on that too which are normally triple the prices that normal chefs in my position are asking for even to this day like i have to like try to you know especially because of instagram instagram has changed the environment really in what aspect well, there's lack of quality, there's lack of education, there's lack of safety precautions. There's just a lot of things that I see on Instagram and I'm like, that's not even safe cooking right there. You know, you're putting people like, especially with like the to-go food and the meal preps and there's time temperature abuse. If you put a lid on top of, uh, you know, hot food, you can see the condensation under the lid. So anytime I see all these stacks of food and the condensation, I'm not hating on what people are doing, but I'm like, you're not even handling the food properly. And you know, that you can ultimately get people sick, right? But anyway, so <laughs> when I originally negotiated the contract with Huff, I didn't know what I was doing and so i worked with him for three and a half years and i still had that time to work under dia and so dia was climbing the ladder too and so she moved on to vice president and then president and you know so she's always been a phone call away or a text away if i ever need like words of encouragement and i think that that's really important you know for us as black women to, when we get seats at the table that we're honest with you know the other ones that actually are working yes because not everybody wants to work let's be very honest about that no because some people just want to rub shoulders with you and then just get you know attached to something but they don't really want they want the fame but they don't they don't want to do the work or they want the recognition but they don't want to do the work maybe sure. they don't want the fame but they want to be seen you know what i'm saying so it's not even really about now the service that you're providing right for sure and so then there's a separation of taking you serious and especially as women you know because not all women are you know driven to succeed in works there's a lot of sleeping your way to the top even in the restaurant for sure. private chef industry you know a lot of cute girls are looking to get chose and you know and they're gonna cook until you know somebody puts a ring on their finger and yeah. that's their angle you know what i'm saying for sure so for me i've always been about work hard do hard don't cross the lines you know like keep your vision straight ahead on your dreams and don't get sidetracked by what men can do for you because that's oh there's only a certain amount of time that that can like follow through Actually it's not work. genuine if for it's sure not genuine right and so uh, as as women i feel like we have to be very conscious of those decisions yeah uh, in the way that we move in business and so that our seat at the table is valid and can never be contradicted you know what i'm saying because i got here through hard work you can't right. take it away from me you can't take my years of experience you can't take my clientele you can't take my work ethic i deserve my seat deserved it Hard work. Earned it. Earned it off of hard work. Not to say that the other way isn't hard, hard work. work. It's, it's not the it's type of work I'm into. It's a, it's a different kind of work. Different you work. know what I'm saying? It's different work. It's actually scrubbing the pots and pans. Right. You know? <laughs> you know, not scrubbing the knees. You're right. I'm getting sidetracked. Here we go. It's okay. So, you got the opportunity. You lowballed yourself. Did. At what point did you realize, I charged away too low? Well, after that contract, when I, but I, so I worked with Puff for three and a half years. And then when I moved on from that, I pretty much always say that I've manifested my life. I, I have just 
written it down, said it, spoke it to anybody that can listen, and did the hard work. And so it kind of flows at some right. point, right? And so there was like three or four months in between, and I'm like, oh, you know, I want a, I want a client in warmer climate, and I want them to be more family-oriented, and I want $1,000 a day. And these are just things that I'm saying to myself, writing down to yeah. myself, not discussing with anyone else. And so I see Floyd Mayweather tweet. He's like in Africa or something. This is when he's hanging around 50 Cent. And he's like, when I get back to America, I need a private chef. And so I knew his friend Jackie Long at that time. Jackie so you, this 50. is all connections. Your network is your net worth is yes. what we're learning so far. Yes. Three minutes into this podcast. Re- well, yes. Working working your phone book. Your phone book is your is one, one degree away from something that you want to attain. Most okay. definitely. So we're seeing, hey, he posted he needed a chef. I know someone who's connected to him. Hey, girl, hit me up. Put me on. Well, Jackie's a guy. Oh, sorry. But no, yeah. no shade, Jackie. Shout sorry. Out to Jackie. Hey, hey, Jackie. Him. Shout out to Jackie. Him. His. He's a guy. Okay. But um, so I reached out to him and was like, yo, you know, Floyd tweeted that he needed a chef. Send him my resume, you know. And it took two or three months for them to reach out to me. And okay. it was random. And it was like, it was like at midnight. And so I'm still living in New York at the time. And I'm like, you know, this is a joke. Like, why are you calling me, Jackie? Stop playing on my phone. But then I can hear a male's voice in the background. Now I know that it's Floyd. But he's like, oh, she thinks I'm playing? All right, we'll hang up then. And so then I'm like, Oh, this is serious. I'm asleep. And I'm like, okay, well, this, okay, that's really him. So let me call back. And so at that hour, probably like 1 a.m., talked to his assistant. There was a flight booked for me for the next day. And... I didn't, I probably told like three or four people that I was, you know, going to go meet yes. with them or whatever. And I'm like, I, I tweeted on the plane, I'm going to, you know, take this flight and walk off into my new life. And essentially, I worked with Floyd for four and a half years. And so I just like moved from one contract to the next contract. And in the, in the in-between time of that, I worked with other athletes in, in Los Angeles. So I would go back and forth. So what did the first contract teach you versus going into the second contract? Well, this is the thing that comes in with Floyd is that Floyd offered me the $1,000 a day without me having to ask for it. So he's like, I'm going to pay you $1,000 a day. And I'm like, is this a joke? And he's like, no, like that's, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars a day and X, Y, Z. And so I got like a moving bonus, a car, like everything I pretty much asked for with that, I got it. Right. And so what that taught me was that it was attainable and that a thousand dollars really isn't that much when you have it. Right. And and that's always what Floyd said. He's like, so you can't work with anybody else for less than a thousand a day. Like you can't because now, because that's the standard now, right? right? And so I'm like, well, yeah, now that I know that it's possible not to say that everybody has that, but I had to learn that everybody isn't my clientele. So when you try to make people your clientele that are not your clientele, you're not gonna get the results that you want, right? Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity and you just knowing what your worth is. So I know that I'm worth that. So I'm not asking for it. 10 years ago when I wasn't when I, when I wasn't confident when I didn't understand my power and I didn't understand how good at the food that I put together is you know and then now me being focused on wellness you know and like Dia said knowing my worth and adding tax to that so I I learned as I grew with my clients that oh Everyone isn't put in these situations. Everyone doesn't get to work with these people because now I'm working with the top nutritionists in the country. I now know how to get you to gain weight. I know how to get you to lose weight. I know this diet. I know that diet. And then I became conscious 
about what I was putting into my body. So that's when the wellness journey starts. Yes. Okay, so we hear wellness all the time. And I think the average person thinks that's drinking some smoothies, doing a little meditation, and going. What exactly is wellness from your experience? How do you incorporate wellness? Well, wellness is a lifestyle change. People like to look at it as more of losing weight, right? And initially, I went into the journey. My mom had passed away from cancer, and I ended up gaining like 80 pounds. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, I was almost... (laughs) -uh, -uh. I was 197 pounds when I was like, decided that I had got a relocation contract to Atlanta from Tyler Perry a week after my mom died. I did not tell them that my mom had just died. I took the contract, moved out here. (laughs) Again, like I knew like one person, my cousin was out here. And so I started working with him and everything was good until it wasn't. I was sober at that time. I have had issues with alcohol in the past and so this is apple juice people don't judge her it don't come for her and, and, it's apple juice I it's apple like, make juice. it look like I say it looks like henny I, I mean, it looks it like, look like this is apple juice Welch's that's why it's dark like that okay um, I'm drinking for the both so of I'm us I'm going friend. on three years sober kudos now. to you so but that's all part of the wellness journey so when I initially took the contract with Tyler and I don't I don't ever talk about this. So uh, this is the eating with Eric exclusive America. This is an exclusive. Hello. But okay. I, but I was sober at the time and I relapsed while while working with him. And how so, devastating was that? I mean, at the time I wasn't. I didn't care because it was I was grieving, but was in denial about that I was grieving, and I didn't give myself the time and the space and the grace to grieve. I tried you gotta, to. You got to still grind. Gotta I still got to work. Well, I didn't have to. I just preferred to keep my mind occupied versus work on he- healing because any anyone that loses a parent knows that it's like losing a limb, and then you got to learn how to walk again, right? Yeah. And and so I didn't I didn't I wasn't in therapy, so this is all part of wellness. I know that I need to be in therapy. I know that I need to consistently work out and I know that I need to keep my space clean and I know that I have to eat eat healthy like it's your your body is built in the fridge like right yeah but everything else needs to be uh you need to be on top of it so if you're not taking care of your mental health your body's not going to be right either and that was the missing key right so I started working with a trainer I dissolved we dissolved my my contract with Tyler, I can say that it probably did have to do with the alcohol and us never talking about it, but me knowing that this was a problem of mine that I wasn't vocally admitting out loud to myself, right? And so I spent a few years traveling and then I'm like, damn, I'm almost 200 pounds. I don't like the way I look. Like, I need to get this figured out. So I hire a trainer and then I'm working out like two times a day. And then I changed my eating habit and I lost like 10, 15 pounds, but then I plateaued and I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, I wasn't paying attention to what I call self-talk. And so you get on my website and I kind of talk about how early childhood trauma and unresolved issues growing up, the loss of my mom, you know, whatever, career stuff that you go through and just needing to acknowledge and heal you right and working on my self-talk because my self-talk was the missing key because I was having negative self-talk I was now creating toxicity in my body and so when you create toxicity in your body through your mind it's inflammation and so you're looking bloated and so you have to work on all of these things and so then I had to consciously start telling myself when negative thoughts would arise these thoughts no longer serve me this is not true 
you know, and I had to say it out loud and to get it out of my head. And so it was a practice. And so every day I had to start changing my mind and changing, you know, and be disciplined, doing what I didn't want to do. Like, I'm just going to do it. I might grumble when I do it, but and catch myself when I'm grumbling, because then you're putting negative negative energy behind what you're doing and you're now causing inflammation. Yeah. And so it's like a constant working on that healing. So wellness is is an encompassment of mental, spiritual, and once you get your mental and your spiritual together, everything else kind of flows. Then your financial, then you're able to gravitate because you're having now positive thoughts and positive energy. So how did juice come into your wellness? Because literally... Every single day, Every this day. girl is making her celery juice. She's like, I'm like, okay, now she got me making my celery juice, influenced by. So, you know, it's just how did juice come into being a part of your wellness? Well, juicing kind of has always been part of my story on the back end. And um, Dream Hampton and Jay Electronica got me into juicing. And they're like in the music industry. And so they're big, really big on wellness and juicing. And initially I didn't, I'm like, oh, it tastes gross, you know? And, but then when I started doing my research, I'm like, oh, you know, like this is like nutrients straight into the bloodstream. It makes sense. We're not cooking it. So we're not losing any nutrients that way. Of course, it's not being reheated. So we're definitely not, you know, losing anything that way. And I just feel like I can see it. So I deal in results. So it's yeah. like if I if I can see it working, then I know it's working, right? And then it's then it clicks. Then it's like, okay, this this might be true. So the celery juice I've been doing for three years now. And the thing with the celery juice is you're supposed to do twelve to sixteen ounces a day on an empty stomach, mm. which is like one full bunch. <laughs> it should be organic. Okay. And if you're taking it on an empty stomach after 30 days, it causes a natural digestive reset, but then it prompts the body to create new white blood cells. And new white blood cells are what's gonna cough, fight off disease and you know things of that nature so of course we need that yeah and so i believe i don't really believe in western medicine i believe in holistic medicine for and sure so you know i do my wellness shots every three days but juicing is real like when my mom was going through her her cancer like i know that i put time onto her clock you know i my friends who had, had to endure their mothers with cancer they came to me they got the juice files for me and they believe that it added time you know it added time because you're keeping the the body pure you know you're cleaning everything out so our gut health is the most important so if we start getting conscious about our gut health <laughs> you're looking at me like what the fuck yeah, yeah i get it but though I, you know, i drink my kombucha but it's bigger than that it's making right. it a priority yes. colonics well you start somewhere you have to start somewhere and give yourself credit and then Thank you, yeah and then those are ways that you can definitely do it but being conscious of at least having like two to three green drinks a day with minimal fruit because people will think that they're doing really well with smoothies but they're putting a ton of fruit in it and it's like you're still eating Eating, it, it's like eating candy, but it's natural. Yeah, right. so it's still counterproductive. For sure. So you want to keep your sugar intake minimum when you're doing your ju juicing as well. But two to three a day is like, to me, that's like you're, you're living a good life. And of course, you still want to, you know, maybe like have one or two cheat days on the weekend. But you can't cheat every day. You can't right. cheat and juice every day. Like I try to do, you know, that I've been in this little mode these last two months. I've been trying to tell myself that I'm balancing it out, but I'm really not. <laughs> so I need to like get back into like consciously like being disciplined with what I'm putting into my body. Because late night I've been 
you know, snacking on ice cream just, bars. Just a little munch munch. A little lays with some hot sauce. <laughs> uh, well, well, you know, then I'm complaining, but you know, that's why I built my it's balance. That's why I built my my brand off of wellness is because I know I got I know I love the book. I love I I purchased my copy, okay, and I loved it. Me and my husband, we always use at least one recipe. You guys saw our new juicer. I love it. I mean, it's very simple because sometimes when you hear like celebrity chef, I like don't like to follow it, to be honest. I don't I, like the word. Well, not saying that I would consider you a celebrity chef, but like when you see celebrity chef, it to me personally, it puts like this. A negative connotation. It does, though. It really is just like I, I, it's going to be too fancy. I don't want to do it. I like I like approachable luxury and everybody knows that who follows me. I like to consider myself the girl next door who wears Chanel. Like I like it to be simple yet sophisticated. So when it's like, oh, celebrity, I'm like, uh-uh, I don't want it. Like, you know, but the book is downloadable. I love it. It's simple. It's sophisticated. It's not too fancy. It's not, it's the perfect mix for me. Did you get kit one or two? Kit one. Okay. So and for everyone listening, I designed these wellness kits on my website. And so it comes with um, seven days of recipes. Three days is a juice cleanse. Four days are vegan, gluten-free recipes. And it comes with um, the grocery list, menu plans, and a workout, at-home workout in the wellness kit number one. Because I felt like, for me, when I first started get it, got, getting started with my wellness journey, I wasn't comfortable being in a gym. So I was like, oh, you know, I can incorporate a workout video of what you can yeah. do at home for, like, 30 days. So if you do the, if you follow it for 30 days, you're going to see some results. See I don't some know results. what the results going to look like for you because, <laughs> it, you know, it's different on everybody's body. But if you, if you do the exercises with the juicing, we gonna see some, and there's a mental health check-in, so that's what it is. It's it's an e recipe book with the video and a mental health check-in. Something's gonna pop in thirty Something days. Should if you follow it and take it serious. I'm like, if you you have to put yourself first at some at some point, and I think for working women and even men, you have to schedule your you time like you schedule your work time. Otherwise, it won't be there. Especially sure. when you're super ambitious and you're goal oriented. It's work, 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 and you know I gotta promote. And then I got to do this and it's like never ending and so I'm like you got to schedule that you time so you time is waking up to work out you time is setting aside an hour to to make sure you have juices for three days you know like you time is like saying I'm not answering my phone from this time to that time those are all included in your wellness like you have to like set better boundaries oh people don't like the boundaries the boundaries is usually the missing key so how did you, it seems like you've had lots of ups and downs in your career. Yes. How did you find self-worth and find your voice as a woman, especially in a male-dominated industry? Pretty much by working with the different people that I have along the way. And my downtimes, when I'm when I'm hit hard, when the money is not coming in, you know, when I'm being tested of, am I doing the right thing? You know, and so you were asking about the juicing, what, three years ago, I had invested in opening my own juice bar and lost almost $50,000 because I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't do a background check on the real estate agent. They were not certified. So, uh-uh. 
What do you mean they were not certified? They were not an agent? It was a referral from someone else. And so I trusted it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to have to pause on $50,000. So I want to make sure I'm following this. Yes. You met a person through a referral, which is why we typically go through referrals because we know who to hold accountable. Like your friend XYZ, at least that's what I do. Yes. So literally we meet Joe Blow. Okay. And then Joe Blow has Michael Blow. It's like, oh, he's a great realtor. And then Mike Blow is not a realtor at all. And didn't find that out until the money was done. So you gave this person who you thought was a realtor. I didn't give them the money. They set the deal up. So I went and saw a few different properties and I picked this property. And in my own judgment, I gave them 36,000 up front. So it was a year of the rent. Being responsible. Well, well, because I had never been in a situation and I knew I needed to hire an architect, engineer. I was going to be having to be, I'm now the project manager because I'm going to be watching you with what you're doing with my money. Being a perfectionist like we are. And because I have the time, I was the project manager. But, you know, in the two months, it was a bad real estate deal. There were things that were not... I didn't get an inspection because if you have a real estate agent, if you have a certified real estate agent, they're going to make sure that there's an inspection before you sign any contract. Of course. I didn't know. And so I'm going with what she's saying to do. You know what I'm saying? So I signed a, a shitty contract. And a year and a half later, I find out that she didn't even have her certifications. And so how devastating was that? Oh, it was really devastating. I almost lost my mind. Because it's just like, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm a perfectionist. So whenever something goes left, it's like, I should have known this. I should have known that. And it's just like, you couldn't have known. I took it really hard. It was it was because it was right after me leaving the contract with Tyler. I did my traveling, came back, felt renewed. Eat, pray, love. Okay, I did. You know, I, I was did. in Bali for like yes. a month. And, you know, I went to Africa and I was Cuba. And I'm like, oh, yes, you know, I'm zen. And then, you know, I just walked in full force. Like, I'm genuine. My heart is genuine. Pure. I wear it on my sleeve. Like, uh, if you can get past the wall. She don't play. <laughs> she don't play, but she does have a good heart. If you can okay. get past the wall, I'm very Soft. she's a gym and i expect like people to be real and so it wasn't a real it, it just wasn't real it but i learned i learned about mechanical plumbing and engineering and i learned that you know that a real estate i need to do background checks on real estate agents like you need to do background checks on a man you're dating at a certain age you know you need to make sure that people are who they say they are say especially in atlanta well in business in general atlanta yes because atlanta is a lot of smoke and mirrors everybody want to look like they got money because they usually they taking money from somebody else okay. in, in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to be affiliated or attached with that type of, you know, business. So I'm just now getting back into the space where I'm like, okay, I'm going to jump back into the juice bar game. So juice bar or bottle juice? I'm debating. Okay. I'm on the fence. What advice would you give someone who's kind of like right now feeling a little broken? Grieving, as we know, is an ongoing process. Yes. You know, self-esteem may not be there that high. They're trying to find their self-worth, confidence. A woman may try and find her voice. What advice would you give them in that process? To actually write out a plan of self-care every day that you can commit to for at least 30 days. So for me, I have to wake up at the same time. I have to give myself at least like 15 to 30 minutes where I'm just laying there and either I'm in silence or I turn on meditation music or something calm because I I, I had to realize that like starting my day like right onto the internet or in you know right on Instagram you know look at even in the bed like I not wasn't giving myself time to like fully wake up and not take on energy 
or outside thoughts, you know, and, and also being conscious of if I did want to listen to music, like listen to rap, it, it will get you into a different. You know, era. I love my King Von in the morning, but yes. you know, it doesn't, it's not part of my routine. Well, <laughs> I have to be conscious of sometimes of getting myself clear and focused of like, I don't want to listen to rap until 11, 12 a.m. Right. Know, 11 a.m., 12 in the afternoon. We're not trapping until be afternoon. I should to it at four, five in the morning. It should be a little calmer, you know, it should be a little calmer wake up. But these are things to like, when you're in a bad mental state you have to or not even bad if you're in a depressed mental state you have to be very conscious of what you're feeding your mind and what you're feeding your subconscious right for sure and so working out like and if you can't commit to like go into the gym walk walk for 45 minutes like do something like you need that movement for me and when we're talking about snapping out of mental health issues make your bed Take a shower. When you're when you're suffering and you're in a depressed state, sometimes getting out of bed is the hardest thing. Like you can't, you know, and especially now with the pandemic, people really aren't leaving their house. For They're sure. not making the money that they used to. You know, now you created this life and now you don't have the money. For sure. You know, and so there's real things going on. And so you have to give yourself the time and space to breathe. And then you have to be able to make a plan of how you're going to get out of it. Yeah. Like, that's really what it is. Like, you have to now figure it out. And so I said 2020 was all about the pivot. Yep. You had to learn you had to. to pivot in 2020. And 2021 is now about, like, applying what, we, what we've learned in 2020 for the new way of living. Because we're never going back to what it was before. Never. Never. The middle class might be wiped out right now, you know, if we're being honest about what it looks like in the long run of, of everything that's happening. You know, the middle class might be wiped out. And so a lot of our stress has to do with money. And so we have to get honest with ourselves about what we can really afford, because a lot of times we're living outside of our means and we were brought to our knees last year if we even made it out. You know what I'm saying? And then people who never expected to lose people. And me, I, I experienced grief very young with my dad being murdered when I was young. And I've only experienced more and more loss. So I always tell people. Give yourself the time to grieve. Yeah. Because you think you're doing yourself a favor, throwing yourself into work, and it ends up being counterproductive. And so you have to just give yourself time and space to grieve. And that's even relationships. Grieve the relationships that are no longer. You have to give yourself time to grieve jobs that, that are no longer. Yeah. And when it comes that's to, tough. But when it comes to money and you wanting to get to the next level, you have to be able to say no and turn down stuff. Cause I have friends around me who are like, they want to get to the next level, but they keep accepting what's below them. So how do you do that? Let's say for instance, I want to get to the next level, but Georgia Power is knocking on the door. Okay, Austell Gas ain't too far behind and we have a mortgage. I want to get to the next level, but I have to pay the bills. Right. Well, Georgia Power, you can pay like 60 on that. <laughs> Come on, payment arrangement. On. They'll keep it on if you pay a little 60, you know what I'm saying? So you got to figure out how to work the game. Yeah. Because the game is there. The you game better is, say, the game Come is on, there Georgia for Power. You. You know, I mean, you put specifics out there, so I'm trying to, you know, give you a solution <laughs> to the problem. So you have to be solution-based, too. Okay. It's like you can't, that's, so that's what I learned working with Puff, is that you can't get caught in the problem. You have to find a solution. And so, listen, you got to dust yourself off if you got to give yourself a few days, maybe a week. But then you got to think of the plan. OK, so how am I going to get my rent paid? What what do I need to do? And now you're going to plant those seeds and put that energy now. For sure. the, that's how you manifest. So, so now you're like, OK, what can I do? So for me, if I'm like in between, you know, contracts 
then I'm doing freelance. And so now it's like, instead of saying I'm not employed, I'm between contracts. You have to be conscious of the words that come out. The self-talk. The self-talk, but also now what you're telling other people to be true about what's going on because you don't want to send confused messages to the world and and into the universe. So you don't want to say, I'm unemployed right now. I'm between contracts because that's what it is. You're in between something. You're not like, it's not depleted. Now now you got to figure it out. And so when contracts come to you that you know don't serve you, so like a lot of my friends are being offered contracts. They're not being paid right and they're not being treated right. So you say no and you have to wait. And you might not be able to go and eat sushi. You might really need to be eating top ramen. So you have to make the decision. Come on, ramen. Come on, sacrifice. Well, without sacrifice, there's no success. Mm. Come on, somebody. I'm serious. So you have to be willing to be broke for a second. Mm. Like entrepreneurship is really taught in the hard times. Mm. It's not entrepreneurship is not easy. It's an illusion. We we only post what we want people to see. Speaking of you posting, so how have you used social media yeah. in your business? Because we all know social media is king right now. How have you used that as leverage to further your business? Well, I really do shits and giggles. I really haven't used my social media. I I haven't built a team yet. So I don't have people in, you know, like somebody to like, I just post what I feel like posting. And I think that you guys have to get to that point. I okay, to, do I get you, you have to get to that point to be more business oriented. But I have like cleaned it up. Right. You ha- I, 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 I've, I've been following her for four years. I'm very, I'm very impressed. You look at it we now, have come. We have come a long way. You look at it now. You're like, she is a chef. Yeah. <laughs> She used to show out. Okay. Yeah. And put off confusing energy. It was. It was. Confusing energy. You're like, girl, you got. I was like, I don't think she's going to like me. You you work for all these people, but you're like, I don't understand. So it's confused. So advice would you give someone who's starting off as a chef? And what what does that mean with clean it up in your definition? I mean, well, if you want to handle business and you're looking at your social media as a gateway to getting more business, you have to be honest with what looks professional and what doesn't. And so, you know, maybe twerking in the morning, even though you feel good about it, shouldn't in be your on Fenty. your Instagram. In maybe, your Fenty. Maybe it shouldn't be on there. You know, I mean, I had to leave it up for a few weeks. I took it down, but you know, she got body. She got body. Sometimes I got to remind myself of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Because if I'm not getting the attention of elsewhere, I have to clap for myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So sometimes it's not really about everybody else and it's about me. So when I built my social media, I never built it to get clients because I got clients from your network, from my network. Right. And from people either attending something that I did, they had my food before or whatever, you know, and now I just get called to sit at the table. I'm a, you paid your dues. I've definitely paid my dues and people call me now. Like they're like, what are you, do you have? We need you. So do you have any questions for me? I mean, what brought you into the podcast game? So, you know, I always wanted to do a podcast. Like I didn't I, know. Well, I, well, I've always wanted to do a podcast because I've always wanted to tell women's stories. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I have, as we all know, I have a very colorful group of network. And I felt like it would be fun just to share women's stories. When I first started the blog, it was because I was rooting for the underdog. I was rooting for the people who were not getting national coverage, who was not getting, you know, they're roses, and I felt like they deserved the roses. So I was like, you know what? This podcast, it's going to be fun because we get to do audio, and then we get to do 
YouTube and then we get to do it with people I like. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did the podcast. So that's why you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hope to transition into a you know what? I have no show expect- elsewhere? This is the thing. I have no expectations. That's the best way. And I think that I'm doing it because I get to hang out with people I like, like yourself. I get to drink wine on the job and I get to... <laughs> And eat, eat food and eat as food. somebody brought you yeah, delicious the, uh, yeah. vegan cheese before so, I got up in here. It was great. Okay. So I get to work with people I like, doing what I love, and I have no expectations. And I think starting new things keep me humble. And it's just fun. So right now, I want to keep doing it with no expectations. I have no results of anything, but I get to share wonderful people's stories like yourself, give them a platform, and just have fun. Because uh, I need my roses. I don't know get, why. Get you know, her roses. Where are my roses at? Okay. Get you this woman her roses. No. So that's what it is. So what's next for you? What's the next chapter? What can we be expecting from you? Well, I'm definitely refocusing on either doing the juice bar or doing a bottled version of three juices and one smoothie that is not on the market. And bottled beverages are a billion dollar industry. For sure. Yeah. Come on, market so, research. Yes. I've been reading. I've been reading a book called Build Your Beverage Empire. And so I was like, you know what? This next time around, I'm going to know exactly what's going on. Besides what the world throws at me, I'm going to be more educated now and handle my business. Well, Financial literacy, all of that. Which matters. Which does. And, you know, we're not really that educated on financial literacy. No. And so it's importante. (laughs) Super importante, especially if you want to create generational generational wealth. wealth. Well, I, I I just realized that, you know, told myself, I can never be broke again. I don't know how to be broke. So I yep. so now I was like, okay, well, you got to build, you got to build something to, to make sure that you, because I can't be working as hard as I do anymore. No. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I could walk up into my little juice bar, you know, <laughs> once a week, you know, check the employees. You know, are you guys making those juices okay? You know, I exactly. could do that. You know, give them about a year of seeing my face every day and then, you know, collecting them checks from the house. I think that's cute. Long range. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jordan, for joining me today. Support Chef Jordan and discover her community of holistic healing. Find her website and social media channels in the description of this podcast and join me next week for more inspiration to own your seat.